BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Donald Trump can win this election going away. It won't even be close if he makes just a couple of simple tweaks between now and November 3. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in. So sit back and relax as we unfold today's edition of the Ledger Report. And in San Diego, one anchor man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. The gentleman yields back. I would remind Mr. Jordan, Mr. Biggs, and Mr. Johnson to stop violating the rules of the committee, to stop violating the safety of the members of the committee, to stop um, holding themselves out as uh, not caring by refusing to wear their masks. We get the picture. Is it permissible <laughs> to drink it is, a sip of It is coffee? not permissible. Not, not to drink. We can't drink I'm coffee right in the room. Right now. Get ready to ask Mr. Um, and I will. <laughs> Mr. Gates is right here. No, no, no. He's, no he, he, went. He, he went. and that's what It's the mask. You see, it's all about the mask. If you wear a mask, the coronavirus goes away. This is the message from the radical left, the Democrat mainstream media cabal. The mask. If, if rates go down in a state or a city or overall in the country, it's because of the mask. If they 
don't go down if, if rates are, are, are going up. Oh, it's because people are not wearing the mask. Listen to Jerry Nadler himself, right? He's the man. You're not wearing a mask. You're violating the rules of the committee. Well, what is that uh, Judiciary Committee in the House of Representatives all about right now? Since the Democrats took over after the 2018 debacle, what has that committee been all about? It's been about one thing and one thing only, and that is advancing the radical agenda of the radical Democrat Party. And, of course, the pinnacle was during the impeachment process of Donald Trump. There's nothing constitutional. There was nothing fair about that. And so now it's being turned into the circus to try and attack the Attorney General of the United States. Why are they attacking William Barr? Why are they doing this? Mask or no mask? And you know, what, what does Nadler think that, that Jim Jordan and uh, Congressman Biggs out of Arizona, what does he think they're supposed to do as they sit there in that committee and they grill and embarrass themselves and go hyper-constitutional on the attorney general for several hours, what do they think these committee members are supposed to do? Not drink water for four or five hours? Not drink some coffee? For crying out loud, I tried to watch this. It's so hard to watch. It's so hard to watch what was once a constitutional system, a system based on our founding document to be absolutely hijacked and shredded by a partisan political hack like Jerry Nadler. I think it's an improvement with Jerry Nadler wearing a mask. Um, I think that this is better for America. I think that uh, it muzzles him. And I've said all along, that's what a mask is all about. It's all about a muzzle. Uh, that's certainly one of the reasons why Americans should reject wearing a mask. There are a lot of other reasons that have to do with health and scientific research. But the mask is a muzzle, and any time that Jerry Nadler is being muzzled, I think this is a good thing. I think this is a positive thing for this country. And so Nadler doesn't want these members of the committee to even be able to drink a glass of water during his uh, Stalin-esque grilling of the attorney general. So, so why, though? Why is Nadler and company taking this moment in time to go after the attorney general? Is it to harm the president? Well, everything's done to harm the president and advance their election prospects in the 2020 presidential election stakes. And of course, uh, the House is in play and the Senate's in play. Everything is done through that prism. But the reason they're attacking in particular the attorney general in this case, because they could attack any member of the Trump administration and, and create the same fireworks and the same phony narrative the mainstream media simply regurgitates and picks up on. They're attacking William Barr because they know there is going to be a report. Hopefully, knock on wood, hopefully this report is going to come before November 3rd. And it's the Durham report. It's the report on what I have called for a couple of years now the greatest political scandal in the history of this republic. And that is a sitting presidential administration, i.e. Barack Obama and company, including Joe Biden, including his potential running mate, Susan Rice, the greatest political scandal ever perpetuated on the American landscape. And that is that Barack Obama, Team Obama, tried to fix the outcome of the presidential election by, among other things, 
weaponizing its executive branch and weaponizing the fourth branch of government, i.e. Peter Strzok and the FBI and other elements of the Department of Justice. And so Durham is out there and we're hearing bits and pieces from the uh, president's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, and, and other sources that there's going to be a bombshell here. And so they're trying to harm the credibility of the attorney general. And so they're, they're setting up a pretext here. It's as simple as that. It's not rocket science. And of course, what does the mainstream media do? Well, they, they just regurgitate whatever Jerry Nadler has to say, highlights from the media, and then they show a, a meek and meager response or two from the attorney general. The attorney general of the United States, William Barr, is smarter than that entire Democrat panel combined. He can blow them out of the water, academically speaking, but just in a, in a, in a, in a, in a brain cell department. The guy is 10 times smarter than Jerry Nadler could ever hope to be. And they know it. And they know it. And they try and throw these gotcha questions, these vague questions. And the attorney general is, I couldn't watch very much, to be honest with you. I watched a little bit and I said, this is, this is disgusting. It's just a political show. And I know what's going to happen. Little bits and pieces are going to show on the mainstream media, on the highlights of the news. And uh, sure enough, that's exactly what they did. They, they got their narrative. So the the mainstream media Democrat Party cabal is in high gear right now. This is all-out war. We're in a war, ladies and gentlemen, and it's a war for the soul of this republic. It's a war of the United States Constitution and liberty and freedom versus tyranny. It's as simple as that. That's what November 3rd is about. That's what the lead-up to November 3rd is about, and the mainstream media is running point for the Democrat Party in this war. It's like going through the, uh, the jungles of Vietnam. The mainstream media is at running point here. They're, they're doing the search and destroy mission on behalf of Jerry Nadler, on behalf of Chuck Schumer, on behalf of Nancy Pelosi, and ultimately, of course, on behalf of Joe Biden, who they're trying to get over the finish line. They're, they're pushing him. They're they're doing all they can. They're, they're insulating him. They're saying, go ahead and you know, keep hiding in your garage or in your basement, uh, Mr. Biden. We'll protect you uh, because that's what our common mission is. Our common mission is to destroy the presidency of Donald Trump and see to it that he's not reelected. And that's why we have the political response to COVID-19. There's nothing medical about this response, right down to the mask. It doesn't make any sense. Just ask yourself this question. If, if masks work, and California was at the vanguard of masks, right? So if masks work, why are the numbers continuing to spike in California? And of course, Gavin Newsom would say it's because not enough people are wearing masks. It's baloney, absolute baloney. And if you dig down, I, I ran into a chart as I study these COVID-19 numbers, which, which I do because it's my job to do it, deaths per day in, in 2020 uh, versus deaths per day in the aggregate of 2014 to 2019. If you look at the chart, the deaths per day in 2014 to 2019 are 
higher than the deaths per day, and they do it by a, a month per month figure, deaths per day in California, calendar year 2020. So the average of 2014 to 2019 in California, it, the baseline, if you look at the chart, is somewhere around 500 deaths per day in California, give or take. From January, it's a little bit higher in January and drops down below 500 in June. Well, if you look at the COVID, or, or if you look at the, the year of the COVID, 2020, average deaths per day in California, it's below. It's below that, which happens to be a blue line here. So the average deaths per day in California during the COVID year, during the COVID crisis, is actually lower than the average of 2014 through 2019. So what does that tell you, ladies? Just what does that tell you in your gut? It tells you that we don't have a huge problem here. It tells you that, yeah, I suppose people, because of their washing their hands, probably more than anything else, I'm a clean freak. And I've washed my hands, and I created a, a bit of an uh, OCD daughter because I wiped her hands down ever since she was little. I didn't like her to have sticky hands because I don't like sticky hands. So when she was a baby, I would wipe her hands down. I've always been a clean freak in that regard. Hand sanitizer, I took, you know, God knows the truth, so I might as well reveal it now. I take hand sanitizer into church. I'm sorry. I I just have a little, you know, travel bottle, I guess is what they call it. And then, um, you know, the sign of Catholic, the sign of peace is before communion. So me being a little bit of the germophobe over the years, this is way before Corona, way before Corona. I would shake people's hand and I would dig down in my pocket and I would uh, surreptitiously kind of pour a little hand sanitizer in my hand and then I would go to communion. That's probably why there are fewer deaths in California. It's not because of a mask mandate. If it was because of a mask mandate, then there would be fewer cases. We've said before, and we'll say it again, masks do nothing to mitigate the spread. It's not me saying that. It's the research. It's the research that I have culled through on the CDC website, among uh, other places. But the media, they're out there. They're out there, and I made a huge mistake. I haven't watched network news in sat down and kind of well, I did it while I was making dinner and and just kind of watched it for a good chunk of time a couple of things struck me about the the mainstream media the second thing that struck me was the commercials it's, a, it's all about digestive problems and and magnesia milk of magnesia and uh, this uh, irritable bowel syndrome and uh, <laughs> it's really clear what their demographic is fairly obvious that was the number two thing that struck me. The number one thing was the obvious, that it was basically an anti-Trump, pro-Joe Biden commercial for 22 minutes. That's the length of a half-hour uh, newscast. You have 22 minutes uh, of content like this. Roll tape. President Trump is once again spreading misinformation about the pandemic, retweeting conspiracy theories, and promoting unproven drugs. Yesterday, he spent most of his coronavirus briefing defending things he retweeted that directly counter his own comments 
and also spent time wondering out loud why Dr. Anthony Fauci has higher approval ratings than he does. Now, Paula Reed has more on this story from the White House. President Trump was back to his usual ways at Tuesday's press briefing, sparring with reporters and pushing the controversial drug hydroxychloroquine. I think it's become very political. Uh, I happen to believe in it. I would take it. I, as you know, I took it for a fortnight. All right, you, you get the picture. I, I can't even keep watching this stuff. President Trump back to his usual ways. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the mainstream media talking about Barack Obama that way? Barack Obama's back to his usual ways of shredding the United States Constitution by executive order and a stroke of a pen telling America that about five, six million illegals in the United States are suddenly exempt from deportation. That would be DACA. The President of the United States is back to his usual ways, circumventing our constitutional process of separation of powers by shredding the founding document over and over and over and over again. Can you imagine the mainstream media talking that way about Barack Obama? President Trump back to his usual ways of talking about a drug that may prevent people from dying. It is an absolute war out there, and the mainstream media is taking point. And they're taking point on all matters, including hydroxychloroquine. I have Dr. Samadhi... Uh, on the program with regularity. And Dr. Samadhi is being, by the way, he's being targeted on Twitter. They're shutting him down. And the latest reason why they're shutting him down is the same reason why they're shutting down the president and shutting down Donald Trump Jr. And that is because he happens to be talking about hydroxychloroquine and that it works and that they, they give a drug. He's a doctor, okay? I'm, I'm just quoting what the doctor says. My same personal physician uh, echoes him. Uh, and, and that is hydroxychloroquine with some zinc, which is a naturally occurring kind of homeopathic kind of remedy, and uh, ZPAC saves lives. Saves lives. And some doctors will go as far as to say, hey, uh, if you do this cocktail and you can take it prophylactically, you don't need a mask. Oh, oh, can't have that. So they start doing research on these people like that doctor from Houston by way of uh, West Africa who said, hey, you don't need a mask as long as you take hydroxychloroquine. Oh, now she's, uh, now she's interacting with aliens uh, and alien sperm or, or something like that. You know, everybody has a hobby and maybe her hobby is trying to contact Aliens. That doesn't mean that this doctor is wrong about hydroxychloroquine. And you know what? I just see these mainstream media hypocrites because I was one of them. I, I'm pretty much recovered from being a, a member of the mainstream media. It's a 12-step process. I'm on step number 11. I'm almost there. I almost have my little chip, my little coin. Uh, I'm, I'm there. Uh, I'm right at the edge. Uh, and I know they're hypocrites. I know these people down in Houston working for the networks, they're taking hydroxychloroquine. I guarantee you that, that those reporters you see down um, CNN, uh, down in Florida, in uh, Miami, they're going to be taking hydroxychloroquine. I know there are. And then they're going to go on the air and say, well, the president of the United States is pushing a drug that's unproven and has horrible, horrible side effects. Yeah, well, the side effects 
of hydroxychloroquine are saving lives. They're working. And if you ask again some of these hypocrite doctors out there that are saying, oh, well, you know, we need to uh, look for another solution, remdesivir, which is way, way more expensive, bet you they're taking hydroxychloroquine. And, you can, and you'll never know because of HIPAA, right? Nobody knows what anybody is taking because of the HIPAA laws. But you know it's, it's going... I, I bet you Dr. Fauci... I bet you Dr. Fauci is on a hydroxychloroquine regimen. I bet you that he is the number one hypocrite in this department. And, and I'm certain... I have no proof of this, but I'm certain that Dr. Fauci has some sort of vested financial interest in this entire uh, picture. So we have... Google, Facebook, and Twitter now conspiring. I don't know what other word to use when they all reject this doctor that I'm referring to from Houston by way of West Africa, when they conspire to not allow her to talk about hydroxychloroquine. And doctors who, who are brave enough are going on social media now and saying, hey, we're being prevented by forces within government, within our own government, we're being prevented from prescribing, we're being frowned upon, and also the independent medical, some of the medical associations, not the physicians and surgeons, because I talked to Dr. Orient, who's in charge of the American physicians and surgeons all the time, and she's one of the ones who is the canary in the coal mine on this one, and she's saying, hey, we are being prevented. Why are we being prevented from serving up this cocktail to save lives with the COVID-19 crisis? And ABC News is now boasting that it is the number one newscast uh, in America. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. If, if the American people are deriving from what I saw last night, if they're deriving their information about President Trump and candidate sloppy Joe Biden and the Democrats in general and the Republicans in general and the COVID-19 situation, then the United States is in heap big trouble. Real big trouble. Because it is nothing more than a 22-minute show. A 22-minute piece of propaganda that Joseph Stalin would have died to have, would have loved to have in the old Soviet Union to continue the brainwashing that he was doing there. So when Google and Facebook and Twitter conspire to not allow this specific information, they're not only affecting what people can learn and, and digest on social media and online, they're also trying to affect the outcome of the November 3rd election. There's no doubt about it. And there's an article in Breitbart with the headline, Election Interference, colon, Google purges Breitbart from search results. Okay, well, there's another victim, Breitbart, along with any information about hydroxychloroquine, any information that might be counter to the Democrat mainstream media cabal and its message. That's what we're up against. That's why this is an absolute war. It's a war on information. And the American people have to realize that Twitter 
and Facebook, and when you do your searches on Google, it is biased. And so there is alternative uh, forms of social media out there. You know, instead of Google, there's DuckDuckGo, and I use that when I remember to use it. I try and retrain myself. Um, and then uh, on social media, there's also Parler. And uh, Parler's working. It's, you know, it it's not, doesn't have the breadth, obviously, that Twitter has. It doesn't have the following that Twitter has uh, just yet, but we're hopeful. And uh, I would highly recommend that you open up a Parler account. I'm on there, and all the other uh, big conservative names are on there. It's not a conservative, per se, um, alternative to Twitter, although a lot of conservatives are going there because they're being attacked and silenced on Twitter. So I just run it uh, simultaneously with Twitter, and I usually post similar, if not the same, posts on Twitter and Parler, but I recommend it, and we can help grow uh, Parler by simply using it. And the headline, you know, I, I still do check Drudge, by the way. Um, I, I, I know that Drudge has been uh, hijacked uh, by sinister forces, and it's not the same Drudge report that uh, we had, uh, what, for, for, I don't know, how long has Drudge been around? 20 years? Uh, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. I don't know who's still getting their news from Drudge. Uh, maybe liberals are. It's certainly gone sideways, and they post a lot of negative information about President Trump. Um, they also post a lot of information about the economy. So I, I'm just wondering if a year from now, if the economy is going great guns, are they going to be uh, posting all these wonderful articles about the economy because they're posting a lot of negative ones, like this one from Bloomberg. U.S. is about to unveil the ugliest GDP report ever recorded. <laughs> what a headline. What a headline from Michael Bloomberg, huh? And, of course, uh, uh, Drudge Report just uh, regurgitates that. U.S. is about to unveil the ugliest GDP report ever recorded. Well, what, what would you expect when you shut down most of uh, f the functioning portions of the economy? What would you expect when you shut down restaurants? What would you expect when you shut down bars? What would you expect when you shut down gyms? What would you expect when you tell people that they got to stay home and do nothing and, quote, work from home when a lot of America can't work from home? What would you expect when you scare the living daylights out of 330 million people into frozen and suspended economic animation? What would you expect when you have an internal attack on your well-functioning and high-octane functioning economy. Well, you would expect a pretty ugly GDP number. That's what you would expect. And I know what happened here after or during, maybe toward the end of impeachment, when COVID was starting to hit and they realized that the fear factor was so high among Americans, they, that would be the Democrat leadership, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, began talking with the governors of these blue states. That would be Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom and Mr. Pritzker in Illinois and the nutcase Whitmer in Michigan and the lunatic Murphy in New Jersey and the nutcase in Pennsylvania, Wolf, on and on and on. And they say, hey, guess what? You know, the... If we combine our blue state GDPs, that's about one-third of the total gross domestic product in the United States. 
And with that one-third, if we shut down our economies, what's going to happen? Well, we're going to have economic mayhem. That's what the meeting went like. Of course, I don't have any proof of this. I don't have any audio recording. I don't have any videotape. But I know that's how it went down. After impeachment failed or was failing, they said, hey, now wait a minute. Impeachment didn't register with enough Americans. It just didn't click, Democrat or Republican or Independent. Ah, but COVID-19, this virus that we can play up, first we'll diminish it, like Nancy Pelosi and de Blasio did. Go out and celebrate St. Patrick's Day one month later. Oh, you better shelter in place. <laughs> the plague is coming. The plague. And then people start looking up the Black Plague from uh, the Dark Ages. And they see, oh, oh, they Google it. And they say, oh, 200 million people dead from the plague. We better shelter in place. We better shut down the economy. We better not go to work. And now there's a report that almost half of the jobs that have been lost during, what, the last five months? Think about it. A year ago, the economy was chugging. Five months, six months later, bam, the curtain comes down, and now almost half of all jobs lost during the pandemic. It should be, this is a, uh, a report out of USA Today. The headline, almost half of all jobs lost during pandemic. I don't know why they can't put verbs in here. Um, during the, or, or articles, I should say, almost half of all jobs lost during pandemic, not the pandemic, may be gone permanently. The actual headline should be almost half of all jobs lost during the government response to the pandemic may be gone permanently. That is a staggering, sobering figure. I, I just can't get over what we are doing real time right now. I mean, California is still shut down. Michigan is still shut down. New Jersey is still shut down. The only reason why Cuomo is opening up a little bit is because there's herd immunity in New York now. Not because of him. Not because of... Think about it intuitively. How, if, if New York, we stipulate that New York has herd immunity, how did that happen if everybody was wearing a mask? Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> In other words, the virus wouldn't have spread if masks worked. The virus spread in New York, and now there's herd immunity. Masks don't work, but herd immunity does. And there's no reason why restaurants shouldn't be fully functioning in the Big Apple. And so, what does the president do? Well, I, I have a solution, and he's close. He's close right now. I've been trying to send uh, messages to his people, a couple of key people. I don't know if they're giving him them. Um, I'm not going to name names, but you would recognize maybe the, the, I've talked to three key people. You would recognize at least two of the three, maybe all three, of what the president should do. Uh, here's an example of what uh, should not happen. And 
This is painful to listen to and painful to watch. It's one minute. Roll tape. You said is a great doctor, and that video that you retweeted last night said that masks don't work and there is a cure for COVID-19, both of which health experts say is not true. She's also made videos saying that doctors make medicine using DNA from aliens and that they're trying to create a vaccine to make you immune from becoming religious. Well, maybe it's the same, so, maybe it's not, but I, I, can't, I can tell you this. She was on air along with many other doctors. Uh, they were big fans of hydroxychloroquine. And I thought she was very impressive in the sense that from where she came, I don't know which country she comes from, but she said that she's had tremendous success with hundreds of different patients. And I thought her voice was an important voice, but I know nothing about her. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. All right. So you have this masked reporter. I don't know, CNN, doesn't really matter. Mainstream media. And it's a setup question, you know, hey, why are you hawking this when uh, she's a lunatic? Talking about this doctor from Houston by way of uh, West Africa. And so anything good, anything positive, anything that bolsters what we have to say, which is common sense, what the president has to say, common sense, is attacked by the mainstream media, right? And uh, so this is going to continue during these corona briefings. So the president is, is on to something here with these briefings. Uh, this is my message to the Trump campaign. Continue these briefings because this is the coronavirus election, uh, without a doubt. And, and whether we like it or not, it is the COVID-19 election. It shouldn't be. It should be about anything but COVID-19, but it's all about COVID-19. It should be about the economy, which should be going great guns right now were it not for the government response to COVID-19. It should be about national defense and rebuilding the military, which is what the president's been doing. Instead, it's about COVID-19. It should be about China and how the president had China right where he wanted them until the Wuhan coronavirus came upon our shores. Instead, it's about COVID-19. It should be about moving the United States back into the number one position in the world, which the president had. Instead, it's about COVID-19. This election should be about cleaning up government and draining the swamp and finding out the truth about the greatest political scandal in the history of this country. Instead, it's about COVID-19. This this, this election should be about the cognitive ability of the Democrat candidate for president and whether Joe Biden, sloppy Joe, has dementia, whether he's senile, whether he can even handle a news conference like the president does, which leads me to the solution. And it's something like this. This is uh, during the presidential briefing on corona, um, I believe during the same time when the president walked off the podium because of that lunatic, loaded, masked question from the mainstream media. Prior to that, the president had some messaging, and it was this, roll tape. I've spoken with Governor Abbott, terrific gentleman, and I can report that over 3,300 federal personnel are on the ground in Texas. We've given them a tremendous amount of extra help, including doctors, nurses, frontline people. 
We've supplied Texas with more than 2.5 million gloves, 800,000 goggles, 337,000 surgical gowns, 1.8 million surgical masks, 1.36 million N95 respirators, and half a million KN90 masks. Okay, so you get the point. The president is out there. He is ticking off all of the things that his administration has done to try and help the situation in Texas. This is what he should be doing each and every day. Forget about inviting the media, or if you invite the media, no questions. You can do it either way. You can have an empty um, room where the president is addressing um, the people, but he needs to invite Governor Abbott on. He needs to invite Governor Newsom on. He needs to invite Governor Cuomo on. So what I am suggesting is eliminate the media questions and answers. There's no need for this. We have less, fewer than 100 days until the election. Get out there every day, and I'm talking seven days a week. No rest on the weekend. Do what the governor of California has been doing. Do what Andrew Cuomo had been doing. I don't know if he's doing it anymore. He's getting out there every day before the mainstream media, and he's delivering his message. Do not take any questions from the media. There's no need to. Just get out there with your message. That's part one. Part two is just as important. Inviting these governors to sit down with these, what I'm calling fireside chats. Fireside chats for and with the American people. Inviting a blue state governor and a red state governor to one of these daily fireside chats every day. And if Newsom shows up, great. And you can talk about, uh, what do you need, Governor? What do you need to shut you up? What do you need to stop the spread? You need more N95s? Is that going to do it? You need more ventilators? Remember when we needed ventilators? Well, apparently we don't need ventilators. You need common sense in California. That's not going to happen. But the president one-on-one with Newsom, I bet on the president. The president one-on-one with Abbott, there's no reason to bet there. These are friendly forces. Every fireside chat has one blue state governor and one red state governor. Hey, Governor Abbott, what do you need? How are you doing? Tell me about the great state of Texas and how things are progressing. Hey, lunatic in California, Newsom, what do you need? What's going on? Tell us about the formerly great state of California and go down the list. Invite DeSantis on along with Cuomo or Murphy. Hi, Governor Murphy. How are things in in the Garden State right now? Okay, uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, what's going on? We hear a lot about uh, Miami, but what's going on in, say, uh, Tampa St. Pete? How's the basketball doing in Orlando? This is the way to do it. You bypass the mainstream media. You engage the American people. You almost force the mainstream media to cover this because you are including these blue states. You're not excluding them. Don't do it. Don't do it. You've got to include the blue state governors. This is the solution to the problem. You marginalize the media. You don't even engage them. Don't even allow them to breathe, as Rocky Rocky said, right? I'm I'm dating myself here. This is Rocky 1, where um, Mick is in the corner. And he's saying to Rocky, you know, keep punching the gut. 
don't allow that bastard to breathe kind of thing upon Apollo Creed. <laughs> uh, it works, sort of. Apollo wins, of course. But don't allow the mainstream media to breathe. Allow them to be stenographers and simply report. You're controlling the messaging here to a certain degree. You never know what Newsom's going to say, but he has to. He's on national platform there. He's got to be careful. He's at the level with the president. He's got to be careful and he's got to be respectful. You got him right where you want him. Listen to me. Listen to me there in the White House. This is the way to do it. This is the way to control the messaging. If you ever listen to me, it's now. You got less, fewer than 100 days here. Get on this national platform every day. Exclude the media questions and answers. It's not necessary. There is no need for it. Engage the governors. Engage mayors once in a while if you want to. You know, get a, a, a big city. Uh, I can't think of a, of, a, of a red city. What's a red city? Uh, well, maybe, no, not that mayor. Uh, not Chicago. Uh, not New York. Not Detroit. Uh, give me a... <laughs> find a, a, a red city mayor somewhere. And then uh, invite wacko nutcase mayor of Chicago on and say, hey, mayor, what do you need? And on a side note, forget about sending in federal agents to try and calm the situations in these blue cities. Forget about it. Give it up. Allow the people to ask you for help, Mr. President. Don't go in there unilaterally. Yes, you're right. It's the right thing to do, but this is the wrong environment. It's the wrong environment because it gives the mainstream media red meat. It is the morally right thing to do, which you are doing, but right now we're trying to get you reelected. So stick to this formula. Stick to this formula. And, and this is my ledger register, by the way. Should President Trump hold nightly fireside chats with America now through November concerning COVID-19? My answer is yes. That's obviously a leading question um, that the president should indeed be doing this because this is war. And you need to marginalize and exclude the mainstream media and frustrate the hell out of them, by the way. Uh, it'd, it'd be fun to watch. Why isn't the president taking any questions? Uh, Ms. McElhaney, uh, why is the president taking any questions from us? Because you're morons. Because you're anti-American, anti-constitutional, pro-sloppy Joe Biden, liberal, lunatic morons. Next question. It's war. It's war, ladies and gentlemen. And the president can win this war if he bypasses the mainstream media. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives and Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. I'm Graham Ledger. 